First of all, just to say thank you so much. Uh, by the way, this is a little bit where you get used to my Scottish accent. Okay, so this is it. Uh, thank you so much for the welcome that we've had here as uh, Arab World Ministries that, uh, this weekend. It really has been uh, a real joy, and I say that uh, really from my heart, to be here with you. And uh, it's, it's marvelous being part of the, the kingdom of God, isn't it? You feel like family, and you feel so welcomed and part of the family, and we felt that uh, this week. So thank you. Uh, for uh, welcoming us here uh, this weekend. It's been a great weekend as we've uh, thought about world mission together. And we just want to continue that a little bit uh, tonight as we look at this uh, uh, chapter uh, together from John chapter 4. My name, by the way, is David Innes. I'm I'm the communication manager at Our World Ministries. And uh, we're based in Loughborough as our UK office. And uh, Serving the Lord in the Arab world, the countries of the Arab world, round about the Mediterranean, North Africa, uh, the Arabian Peninsula, and the Middle East is where um, our workers are, uh, bringing the good news of the gospel to Arab people. And tonight we're going to look together at this uh, chapter, John chapter 4, these few verses. And I've just got one simple thought for you, one simple question, which I want you to begin to think about and ponder as we speak together over these next few minutes. And the question is this, what do you see? What is it that you see? And uh, as we think about that question together, just let God speak to your heart. And as we look at his word together, let him challenge us about our eyes and what we actually see in this world of ours. Let's pray together as we uh, come to God's word. Lord, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you that it's powerful and effective in our lives. We thank you that, Lord, it's your word uh, that transforms our hearts and changes us and makes us more like Jesus. And that's our prayer tonight, uh, Lord, that our hearts uh, would respond to your word, that we would become, even tonight, uh, a step closer to being uh, in the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that your word is community transforming. We thank you that your word is world-changing. Uh, Lord, as it finds its place in the hearts of your people and as we respond in obedience uh, and by your Holy Spirit uh, to what you're calling us to do. So tonight, Lord, uh, we submit our hearts to you again uh, to be submissive to your word. Bless us as we consider it together for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things we've been discussing over the weekend is how dramatically quickly our world is changing. Uh, as we look at the events on our, our TV screens, we see such a, an amazing change uh, that's happened over these last few weeks and months in the Arab world. And especially uh, for those that have been involved in this region, it seems incredible uh, the things that have already happened and are still uh, continuing uh, to happen uh, in this world. And uh, so the question I think the Lord has for us is what are we seeing uh, when we look at this area of the world? But it's not only that. We only need to look around our own nation here and see how quickly things are changing here. Um, Just over the last 10 years or so, um, I've actually been living outside the UK in uh, in the USA and coming back. um, The changes here are marked uh, because as Alan has already pointed out, uh, the nations have uh, come to the UK uh, even more than uh, we could imagine before. And uh, we've become multicultural Britain. We've become a, a place where uh, we walk along our high street and we're quite, um, it's quite common to see people from every continent 
uh, walking past us in the high street. You know, we come from Loughborough, which is a university town, and we hear every language just about spoken uh, in the high street in Loughborough. And I'm sure being a, a university town here, uh, it's the same thing. And so, what do we see uh, when we see uh, this multiculturalism uh, hitting our world? Uh, not only that, uh, things are changing rapidly in, in technology. Um, we're tweeting and we're Facebooking and uh, uh, these uh, verbs have found their way into our language. And uh, suddenly, we're bombarded with information, we're bombarded with opinion. Uh, people can put their own opinion on Facebook and share it with uh, uh, 500 friends and, uh, and so on and so forth. And so, uh, suddenly we get information from all over the world immediately, an opinion about that information as well. And so we're bombarded with all this. So what do we see uh, when we have all this information coming our way and as uh, uh, things come at us so uh, quickly? And I think the, the Lord's challenge to us today uh, is to see with spiritual eyes. The whole of John's gospel uh, seems to be about that. John starts his gospel uh, by talking about seeing. He talks about how the, the, we saw the Lord Jesus, we saw his glory, the glory of the one and only from the Father, full of grace and truth. And he said one of the amazing things is that our eyes were open to see something different, uh, to see the Lord Jesus and the kingdom that he was ushering in. And I believe today that God is calling for a people who can see uh, that spiritual realm and see what God is doing in the midst of all this change, in the midst of all this transformation in our world. And John's gospel is about that. And as we come to chapter 4, already in John's gospel, Jesus has been challenging his followers and those round about him to see differently. And we can, uh, if we look at uh, some of the earlier stories there, in John chapter 2, remember, uh, Jesus went to the temple and he, he drove people out of the temple. And uh, they asked him by what um, authority he, he, he was doing this. And he said, if you destroy this temple... I'll, build, I'll raise it up again in three days. And uh, people couldn't really see uh, what Jesus was talking about. They saw the physical temple, and they said, that's impossible. It took 46 years uh, to build this temple. And uh, how are you going to raise it up again? But, you know, Jesus wasn't talking about the physical building. He was talking about a place where people could meet with the living God. He was talking about a temple where they could commune with God and meet with Him and have relationship with Him. He was talking about his own body, which would be crucified and raised again the third day. But more than that, he was talking about uh, the, the body of Christ, the church, uh, you and I who belong to Jesus, who are filled with the Spirit of the living God. Uh, and he was talking about a new place uh, to meet with God. You know, in, in these days, uh, the, the people of God were so enamored by this building that King Herod had built for them. Uh, but yet, it was a place that was empty and devoid of, uh, of meeting God. And Jesus was talking about a new reality. And he was asking them to open their eyes and see differently. And then we go over to that um, famous chapter in chapter 3, when Jesus meets with Nicodemus. And uh, Nicodemus is the teacher of Israel. And he comes to Jesus because he sees in Jesus an authority in what Jesus said and what Jesus did uh, that Nicodemus longed for. And he wanted to be able to speak the very words of God is the teacher of Israel. And Jesus spoke with him and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus couldn't see it. 
he couldn't see what that meant. He said, how can I enter into my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus challenged them to say, Nicodemus, this is about being born of the Spirit, of allowing God's Spirit uh, to come and transform you so that you uh, can know the, the words of God, so you can teach uh, the words of God, so that you can enter in uh, to the truth of who uh, uh, God is. And of course, Jesus quotes that, uh, uh, that famous uh, verse, where God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life, a new spiritual reality entering into eternal life now. And then last uh, week, as you looked at uh, John chapter 4, again, Jesus challenges this woman at Samaria, uh, again, to open her eyes and see with a new reality. This woman who was so beaten down by life, uh, carrying so much baggage as she came to that well, and she meets Jesus who says, "Um, can you give me a drink? Um, uh, and they have this whole conversation where the lady says, uh, you know, um, how can you give me a drink when you don't have anything to draw out the well? And Jesus is saying to her, I want to give you living water. I want you to be transformed. I want your life, uh, which seems so uh, uh, hopeless, to be transferred into a hopeful life, a life full of hope and purpose and destiny. And so Jesus begins to uh, ask her to open her eyes to see And so, um, what do you see uh, uh, is uh, the question that Jesus continually is asking through John's Gospel. So, we come to this passage, and again, it's exactly uh, the same kind of thing. Jesus is dealing with his disciples here, and he's using this incident of the woman and the people in Samaria at Sychar uh, to teach them a lesson, to challenge them to open uh, their eyes uh, to uh, begin uh, to see and, and it's really kind of divided into three little parts, this story. Uh, the first part is uh, Jesus is still talking to the woman, and the disciples return. Then the woman uh, goes away, and Jesus talks with his disciples, and then the people from the town uh, come uh, to Jesus. And the first uh, uh, thing that uh, Jesus talks about is uh, really a new perspective. And that's what we've been talking about this weekend. We want a new perspective on our neighbors. We want to be able to see our neighbors in a new way, through spiritual eyes, not just through physical eyes. And there's this contrast in the way that Jesus sees this woman at the well and the way the disciples see the woman at the well. Uh, The the passage begins with his disciples returning, and they're surprised that Jesus is talking uh, to a woman. And you can almost see their discomfort in the few verses there. It's almost like a shuffling of feet and a a coughing and a glances at each other. What on earth is Jesus doing? He's a rabbi. Why is he talking to a woman? And not only that, this woman. Why is he talking to this woman? And they form an opinion of this woman almost immediately as they begin to look at her. And uh, there's several things they'll notice about her. Uh, Number one, she's a Samaritan. And uh, Samaritans uh, were... um, rejected by the Jews because they had taken the Jewish faith and they had twisted it and changed it and and, uh, formed it in a new way. And uh, they were seen as heretics. And so they were hated by the Jews for that. They had a different place of worship, not Jerusalem in the temple. Uh, They had different scriptures. They took parts of the scriptures but not other parts. And uh, they had a different way of looking at things, a different faith. And it was uncomfortable uh, for the disciples with this woman. And so they formed an opinion of this woman because of her faith and because she was a Samaritan. And Jews hated Samaritans, and so they felt 
justified in their hatred uh, towards her for that reason. She was immoral as well. Uh, the very fact she was there at the well at that time of day getting water uh, seemed to show that there was something going on wrong. And uh, th- this woman had a past and it seemed to show uh, in her very being that um, uh, she wasn't the kind of person that Jesus uh, should be um, uh, standing and talking to and conversing with. And so they, they had this opinion of her. Not only that, she was a woman. And uh, women were second-class citizens in that culture. And so uh, all of these things were against them. So they were uncomfortable uh, as they came there. But you know, Jesus had a different perspective than that woman. He saw her as somebody totally different. He saw her as a woman desperate to have that past forgiven. A woman desperate to come to him, to be, have her life transformed. They'd already offered her living water. And so his perspective on this woman was totally different. He saw her as someone who was a catalyst. Not only would she herself be transformed, but she was a catalyst for her whole community to be transformed. And Jesus held out uh, the hope, not only of eternal life for her personally, uh, but of a destiny which was to bring her whole community into relationship with the living God. And so Jesus saw her in that uh, different way. And so Jesus uh, uh, held out to her this promise of eternal life, this river of living water that would flow within her and flow out of her into her whole community and impact um, her whole uh, community uh, for that reason. You know, some people this weekend have begun to see uh, people in, uh, in this community in Norwich with different eyes. I've talked to people that have been with us this weekend and they're beginning to open their eyes because there's people among us who are of a different faith. And uh, sometimes because of that faith, we feel justified in feeling anger towards them, sometimes even hatred. And Jesus has asked us to open our eyes and have a different perspective, to see these people the way he sees them, with love, with compassion, with mercy, as people in need of a Savior, people in need of forgiveness for their sins, to have their shame washed away, and to have a new beginning, a new uh, destiny in their lives. And already here in Norwich, people are beginning to, uh, to see the possibility uh, that we could interact uh, with people from another faith and bring them the good news of Jesus, whether it be the, the, the Muslim faith or the Hindu faith, but be able to reach out in compassion and mercy and tell them about uh, the living uh, God. You know, just recently, uh, my wife and I were in the market in Loughborough, and uh, we met this man, and we began talking to him. We were buying a, a rug for the house in the market, and uh, he was uh, helping us. And he was moving kind of funny with his neck. And uh, uh, we said, would you mind if we prayed for you? Uh, we've seen people healed before when we've prayed for them, and we would like to pray for you. Your neck's obviously got a problem. He said, yeah, it's been seized up, and uh, if you can pray for me. And so we did. We prayed for him in the name of Jesus. And as we stopped praying, tears were running down his face. And he said, uh, you know, my name's Sadiq, and I'm a Muslim. He said, but what you've prayed for me has really touched me. Um, God has really touched my heart, and I'm so glad you prayed for me. And uh, uh, please come, and we'll speak again. And so there's all kinds of opportunities for us to see people with a different perspective and bring uh, the truth of Jesus into their, li- into their lives. And so God is calling us this weekend to open our spiritual eyes and see people in our street, in our communities, our universities, 
in our schools with different eyes. What do you see when you see these people? The disciples would have missed the opportunity not only to see the woman's life transformed, but to see the community transformed. And God's looking for a people who will be responsive to His Spirit to see that transformation. And then the second thing that uh, Jesus calls His disciples to and begins to speak to them about as a woman leaves to go back to the town, He says that He wants them to have a new perspective on the harvest, on the harvest field, and what God is doing in the world, and how God sees things, and how God is drawing uh, people uh, to Himself. And He challenges the disciples, first of all, about their motivation, uh, because they come there and their whole motivation is about food, and uh, about their comforts, and about uh, looking after themselves, and they go into the town to get food, and they come back to Jesus, and they say, you must eat something, Rabbi. It's about food. And Jesus said, that's not what motivates me just now. Um, We all need food for energy, and for sustenance, and to keep us going. But Jesus says, my food is to do the will of the Father. You're missing something here. Uh, You're so focused on your own comforts uh, that you're missing what God is doing. And how God is calling uh, people to Himself. And there's an interesting little scenario if you read here. At the same time they're trying to get Jesus to eat, the woman's telling her neighbors that she's met Jesus. And He's told her everything uh, that she's ever done. And please come and meet this man. And the crowds are starting to come out of the town. And they're focused on their creature comforts, on looking after their bodies and caring for themselves. And Jesus is saying, uh, lift up your eyes, look. Open your eyes. Something has happened. So he challenges their motivation. And one of the things that's really thrilled me is to see people today, young people, whose motivation is to do the will of the Father, is to do what God has called them to do. They're laying aside their comforts and they're going to areas of the world that are challenging. And they're doing it because it's It's this um, doing the work of the Father and seeing His work fulfilled which really energizes them and motivates them. Uh, Just this year we've seen uh, one young girl from St. Albans go out to Morocco uh, and spend time there, dedicate her life to telling the people of Morocco um, about Jesus. One young lady from Leeds uh, has decided to go and learn Arabic so she can come back to Leeds, lay aside two years of her life to learn Arabic, to come back to Leeds, to reach Libyans and Leeds, uh, that she sees uh, need the gospel, need to hear about Jesus. One young man from Birmingham going out to start a church planting movement in Jordan, uh, inspired by God. One young man in Nottingham studying law, and he, his motto is 30 at 30. When he gets to 30 years, he's going to spend 30 years of his life. When he gets to 30 years old, he'll spend 30 years of his life among the people of Western Sahara, who have never heard the gospel. And and they're motivating themselves to go. They're laying aside the comforts uh, to prepare to go. And God just challenging His disciples' motivation. Then He's challenging their perception as well. He says, open your eyes. There's a harvest field. You may not see it, but there's a harvest. The fields are white to harvest. The harvest is ready to be gathered in. We may see uh, the political situation. We may see hardship and, and difficulty in the world. Even in Norwich, we may see it's hard. But Jesus is saying, open your eyes. There's a harvest. There's something prepared for my people if they'll only see uh, to gather in uh, from uh, the harvest uh, field. You know, in, in AWM, um, in 
130 years ago, in 1881, it all began with one couple who went to Algeria and they saw a harvest that wasn't there yet. They went to Algeria and they really went to minister to French troops in Algeria. That was their mission when they left England to go there. But when they got there, they saw a people who were downtrodden, a people who were neglected and, and ignored, the Kabyle people of Algeria. And their hearts were moved and they began to minister amongst them because they saw with spiritual eyes and they saw a harvest. Now, they never really saw the harvest in their lifetime. Uh, they ministered there and they, uh, they gave their lives for this harvest. And yet it's been interesting over the last 30 years that the one country uh, where God has been moving in tremendous ways and amongst the one people that God's been doing stuff in North Africa is the Kabul people of Algeria. And uh, from a few students gathering together, God has birthed a church of probably over 200,000 people in that country in just 30 years. And there's churches in Algeria where they're baptizing 120, 150 uh, uh, people a year who are turning from Islam to Christ and they're baptizing them into uh, the church there because these people saw a harvest. You know, we, we have a worker just now in Saudi Arabia, a guy called Chris, and he's uh, relentless in, uh, in badgering us about sending people to Saudi Arabia. And just a, about a month ago, he wrote this email to us. He said, please send people. He said, I don't see the harvest yet, but I know there is one. Send people to Saudi Arabia. There's a harvest here, and God is ready uh, to bring it in. And so God has challenged his followers about their perception of the harvest. And then lastly, about their expectation. There's a fascinating little thing that Jesus talks about here. He talks about a harvest where actually sowing and reaping is going to happen together. Where people are going to sow and reap at the same time. They're going to gather at the same time as they're sowing. And there's seasons within uh, the kingdom of God where that's actually true, um, where people uh, sow and reap together. Uh, just a, 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 a few weeks ago, we had uh, a report of uh, a man in Jordan, and uh, he had contacted our media ministry. Uh, he had heard about Jesus through our website. And so he contacted the website, and he said, I'm interested in learning more about Jesus. One man in Jordan. And uh, our people who correspond talked to him on the website about the Lord. And he got more interested. And he said, I want to meet someone and speak with them. So they put him in touch with someone in Jordan. And he met with them. And he came to faith in Jesus. He gave his heart to Jesus. He gave his life to Jesus. Which in the, the Arab world is such a tremendous thing. Such a commitment for a Muslim to say, I'm turning in faith to Jesus. I'm becoming a believer in Jesus. That was three months ago. Since then, that man has led a hundred of his friends and relatives to faith in Jesus. A hundred. He's planted three churches in that three months of becoming a Christian. The sowing and the reaping has gone on together. The Word has been sown at the same time it's been uh, reaped. And uh, these people are gathering around the Word of God. And they're hearing the Word of God. And they're learning. And they themselves are now reaching their friends and neighbors and bringing them uh, to faith. There are seasons when the sowing and reaping goes on together. But Jesus also talks about the fact that sometimes people have sown ahead of time, and we can reap what's already been sown. 
And, and seed has been sown uh, in this part of the world over hundreds of years, been sown into the lives of these people, the truth of the Word of God. And we believe now is a great time of harvest. Seed have been sown here in Norwich over centuries as people have uh, uh, shared the Word of God here. And we can pray for a harvest, pray uh, that God will bring in um, a great harvest uh, in this uh, time as well. You know, in Jesus' day, he saw, uh, the disciples saw a great harvest. They said many of the, the Samaritans from that town believed in him simply because of this woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. That's what we want to see, isn't it? We want to see many more uh, becoming uh, believers in our day. So my question to you again at the end is, what do you see? What do you see? Are you prepared to have eyes that are open to what God is doing in the Spirit? Are you prepared tonight to see people differently, to have a different perspective on your neighbor, to see someone in need of a Savior, to see someone with the potential to be a street changer or a community changer or a city changer or even a nation changer. Someone told me that there's 700 Saudis studying here in Norwich, 700 people from Saudi Arabia right here. What potential there is in that 700 to transform that nation that Chris is asking for workers to go to. Will you see people with a different perspective? Will you have a different perspective on the harvest? Will you open your eyes and see what God is doing? Perhaps even have a different expectation that God is gathering people in Norwich to himself and other nations uh, to himself. Perhaps God is calling you to see another nation, to see the potential of harvest in another nation tonight. Uh, perhaps your heart has been touched over this weekend uh, to go to another nation like some of these young people, uh, to see the potential in that nation, to be part of the, what God is doing in transforming nations around the world. And let God really uh, speak to you. So what can we do? We can give ourselves um, uh, to allowing God to come and to transform our hearts, to filling us with His Holy Spirit, to laying aside... Um, praise God. Uh, to laying aside uh, the things of this world, to allowing God to move in His by His Spirit. Would you do that tonight? Uh, would you allow God to do that? We would love to pray with you. If you say, I want to be like that, I want to be able to see with spiritual eyes, then please come and see Bazim. Please, please come and see Philippe tonight. At the end. Come and see me. We'd love to pray with you. Uh, I know that some of you are already, God is already speaking to you about people here in Norwich that you, you could reach. Uh, then come and speak with us. We'd love to pray with you so that your eyes uh, can be opened. Jesus said to his disciples, open your eyes. The fields are white to harvest. Uh, let's uh, open our eyes tonight and let's see, as Jesus saw and his disciples saw, many believing in him because of the words we speak, but also because they hear from Jesus himself. Uh, they have a relationship with him himself. They enter into salvation uh, through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Thank you.